don't lick my hole. <laughs> this week on Erotic Awakening, <laughs> collarings for real, one tool for polyamory, and damn the bottom. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As well as simply fun kink. You'll find shows on these topics and all things Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Did you really start off the show by saying, please don't lick my hole? Because I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> wrong. Well, I was going to say wrong hole, but I don't mean that one either. <laughs> we better just move on, I guess. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about uh, collarings, as in the power exchange collarings. We just attended a very cool Sir Boy collaring. We're going to talk about Dan's bottoming experience, but we're going to start off with this question of the day, Don. What is your one and only favorite tool to use in polyamorous relationships? My one and only favorite? Oh At my least goodness. today. Okay, today. Today would have to be... I haven't had to use any of the tools recently, but I would, ha- I would have to say today would be putting myself in the other person's shoes. Okay. As in, um, if I wanted to do something... I would want your support. Therefore, if you want to do something, I try to give my support. Mm-hmm. You know, if I wanted to go out and do something with Big D, I would want Michelle to react supportively. Right. So therefore, if Karen wants to do something with you, I want to be the person that reacts supported, supportively. So that's what I mean by putting myself in the other person's shoes. I try to flip it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's my tool at the moment. And we've, how many tools do we have that we teach about? Like 20? Well, we, had so, enough, we have a class called Eight Poly Tools that we actually created a second class called Eight More Poly Tools. Because, because we found, we were, yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite? I will say that my favorite poly tool at this particular moment in time is to approach all situations with a, the mantra of generosity and graciousness. So that when um, Karen says, hey, me and uh, Elle are going to go take a motorcycle ride across the nation to go see a Peter Gabriel concert. <gasps> to respond to that <laughs> with a level to, with, to um, have graciousness and generosity in mind when... Um, when I respond to that, to so if and sometimes you have to, th- I have to, you know, pause and think, what is the gracious reply? What is the generous reply? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I'm not responding in generosity, then I'm responding in selfishness, and maybe that's maybe or scarcity actually, or, or something scarcity. like that. Scarcity right. is even the better word, right? Right. So to respond in generosity versus scarcity, um, because one response would be, oh my god, well if you do that with him, you'll never want to do that with me. Right. Versus. Wow, doing that would be fantastic. Right. You know, so I that's my that. favorite. That's my tool at the moment. So, but when you said that, the other thing that I thought of, and I know you said just one tool, but what I hear both of us saying is um, just because something's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong. That's one of our other tools. Mm-hmm. So just because something's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong. So I take a look at that feeling of uncomfortableness and see if it's a red flag and something really wrong or if it's just uncomfortable because right. that's not always wrong. 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of the things that feel wonky aren't necessarily, like you said, they're not necessarily red flags, mm -hmm. nor are they indicators that we are in somehow broken or that we're not holding true to the polyamorous ideal. Right. Um, so there you go. Cool. So there's three of our tools <laughs> out of 20-some that we teach about. So uh, before we get into our actual topic of the day, uh, which is collarings, and we have some wonderful experience to share of a recent collaring that we got to attend and participate in, you seem to uh, have a new tentacle of the day person. I do. Well, not new completely because he has sent me pictures before, but um, Ohio Hedgehog. Mm -hmm. So he sends me pictures every now and then. And this time around, there was one that was kind of scary, not just freaky, but scary, like Okay, wouldn't want to run across that in a dark alley. And then the other one was just hot, hot, hot. And he said that uh, he doesn't know much about tentacles, but that uh, that one was hot for him, too. Okay. <laughs> so that was nice. Always nice when it's hot for other people mm -hmm. as well. I agree. So without much other dallying around, uh, no new subscriber to the newsletters. Um, we are ready to go ahead and talk about our topic, I guess. I guess really quickly, though, I do want to tell people about my experience of bottoming for a scene. Um, so normally I identify as a top. And when I say normally, um, I can, of every single scene I've ever done in my entire life, I would say I have only bottomed for one BDSM scene. Now, there's occasions where I will receive sensual touch mm -hmm. you have set up some kind of a two or almost a threesome thingamajig for my birthday, for birthday when you're with a sensual touch sort of thing uh -huh. where i was just a receiver um a few other situations like that but from a bdsm perspective i've only bottomed once before and was that that was during a workshop though that right? was during but it a was workshop. still a serious yes. bottom oh well thing as far yeah. as i'm considering i was receiving a flogging is i was watching for out for you because your back was really red so so, some time ago, a particular um, person uh, that we've known for a while that lives in town, whose um, name I do not have permission to share, so I will simply say Q, um, was, some come, a couple of years ago, she bought me in an auction at GLLA, and that's just a fundraiser thing. Right. And it was just a fun thing, and I said, sure, I'll bottom to you one day, and uh, every once in a while we mention it, and she mentioned it at the last place, space play party. So I said, okay, sure, tonight, that's great. And I ended up bottoming for, uh, it was an interesting little experience. It was. I walked by a couple of times, so did you realize you were the recipient of knife play? I did not. <laughs> I saw her bring out the knives, and I was like, he is going to jump off the table, but you were blindfolded. <laughs> Yes, so that was comes... the one request. So as we're negotiating this, I pretty much had, I said, nothing goes in my bunghole, <laughs> and I'd like to be uh, blindfolded. And that was the only um, requirements I had for that scene. Nice, nice. So, and um, I know with me, when I'm blindfolded, I can't always tell what's being used on me. Like knife play could be anything. It's just a sensation. Yeah. So, um, but no, I, I was thinking, I saw you get a little twitchy sometimes, and I'm like, oh, he's about at his limit. Because I warned her, I'm like, 10, 15 minutes, that's all you're going to get from him. But you did the whole 45. Yeah, did I? Yeah, you did 45. It was, it was a long scene me. to me. Yeah. Um, and we did, you know, we talked about beforehand, and she understands I don't, I'm not a fan of pain, so it was going to be a sense-based sense scene or a sensual mm -hmm. scene. And it was. 
Um, the knives, there's nothing that really happened that was painful. Mm-mm. I found a few things pleasant and a few things unpleasant. Um, I'd be curious to figure out what they are, but you were blindfolded, so you may not know what all of it was. Yeah, I found... Uh, anything to do with my nipple, I found to be a little bit unpleasant. I'm not a big fan of oh, nipples. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. You haven't been a fan of nipples. But part of it for me was to just accept whatever happened and, and to experience it, whether mm-hmm. it's pleasant or unpleasant, to not judge it as pleasant or unpleasant, but just as it, it is an experience. So, no, I didn't, I didn't know knives were being used. I didn't, I didn't know pretty much. I mean, there's a few soft things that you can say, oh, boy, this feels like that bunny fur glove that I have. But overall, didn't know what she used. What did she use out of the knives? Yeah, that's pretty much all I saw. I saw hands. I saw a flogger laying on the table. I don't know how she used it or whatever. I saw the knives. A little nipple sucking. I didn't see that part. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I know not to do that on you. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. but see, that was the 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 best part of the experience for me was the idea of releasing myself from any of the preconceived notions of what I like and don't like, Mm -hmm. and just let it happen. Okay. You know, uh, I still don't like nipple sucking. Okay, I was going to ask. I was going to ask. <laughs> um, I'm not a good bottom as well, right? I'm very. I'm not a great bottom at all. I don't. Um, it does not feel comfortable for me to just sit there and receive. Mm-hmm. So that was a good experience for me as well to, to experience that I'm not a good bottom and have that experience as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. It's a good thing to learn about yourself and to relearn about yourself. You know, retry it again. So just to see how that works. Okay, cool. So. Cool. I'm glad you tried it out. Okay. I um, think that's it. So tell me about this. So we just, let's start off by talking about, do you want to start off by talking about the event that we just participated in or in general what a collaring is? Um, I guess probably in general to start with and then the details of, of what we witnessed last night. So in general, you are collared. Yes, sir. We had mentioned uh, on the podcast before I have collared in the past uh, bats who became slave bat, and then mm-hmm. she gave me back my collar. Um, and I think throughout the life of this podcast, two other people I have collared. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've... Did I collar... Let's talk about that later. I don't recall putting a collar on that person. So... Um, I can think of A... But and that's the one I was wondering if A was actually collared. I don't remember collaring A. Did I collar A? She wore your collar because she gave it back. Okay. Fair enough. I did then. Then I could think of one, two, three, four people since we've been podcasting that have collared. Okay. Now, interesting as compared to what we just witnessed, collaring-wise. Yeah, because... Um, but we'll talk about that in a moment, right? Yeah. So what for... Uh, so collaring for me is a power exchange symbol... Could be for Dom Sub, for me it's Master Slave, could be for Sir Boy, uh, whatever uh, dynamic that you set up. And it is a symbol of or recognition that I am taking responsibility in a power exchange way for another human being. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and I had a really good question for you that just eluded my little head. Uh, so, what do you say about collaring? So, well, for me, and uh, collarings can do a couple of different things. So oh, got for, it. go. Okay, so for one, it is you accepting responsibility and the other person agreeing that they're giving up control. Mm-hmm. Um, for two, it's also a commitment. Um, not for all, you know, the commit, commitment can be for however long of time, but I know for me and you, our anniversary is coming up 
wow, this coming up Friday, so it'll mm-hmm. be 16 years. Right. And we built ours in such a way that we knew it was like a wedding. 16 years. 16 years. We lived together a year and a half first putting this together and then was collared. Now, you're about to say something that I'm going to ask you. Do you feel, I've heard that some power exchange people say that a collar is like a wedding ring. Do you find that to be a true thing? For some. <laughs> See what I mean? For some, because it, um, for me, it was. I mean, that was our type of commitment that we were working towards. And I don't think you and I actually planned on getting married. I mean, we had both just gotten divorced and, you know, didn't actually see the power in marriage with what we had had, the value, absolutely. So we were creating our own thing, as in the collaring was going to be the commitment ceremony. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did get married nine months later or so, but... um, yeah, the collaring was like the wedding ring. Yeah. Now, as for other collarings that you've done, it hasn't been like a wedding ring. It's been a commitment for a certain amount of time with a um, themes, not a focus yes. to it. A focus. So it, it can be different. It, it depends on the people. With um, slave bat, the collaring was a statement that I'm going to lead you on a specific path, I'm going to assist in your growth, and I'm going to have pretty heavy expectations of what I expect from mm-hmm. you. Part of it for me, the collaring aspect of it, is it's a public thing. I make my collarings public, and because you and I have a little podcast, and we run some events, and we do some presenting, that the person has to recognize that now you are part of the public face of Dan and Dawn. Mm-hmm. And part of the collaring is your acceptance of that, your acceptance of you got to step up your game. Right. Because if you are, in, in the way I see power exchange, and especially with, in the world of the collaring, if Slave Bat was a jerk to whoever, um, Barrick, then I am a jerk to Barrick. And I have to take responsibility for fixing that. Mm-hmm. Where if it's just your girlfriend, you get you just pull you know your buddy aside later and say, I know, but she's a bitch. But you know, how she, you know how people are sometimes. Right. So, yeah, there's higher expectations. So Slave Jem knew that going in as well. Mm-hmm. So, but... Uh, and that's why yeah. one of the reasons I keep... Um, when someone leaves my collar... They understand it's my collar, and I take mm-hmm. the collar back. And a lot right. of times, I will pass that collar on to someone else. Because now we're passing on the tradition of the house. Now right. you're standing up in this spot. Um, and not only are you standing for me and Dawn, you're also standing for every other slave that has honorably served the house. And I will say that I've been very overall um, fortunate that everybody who's worn my collar has for the most part, left my collar on good terms. I can't say that's always true. There's a, I just thought of someone else that it did not work out well. Right, right. Um, so that that's kind of interesting. Yeah, so it's pretty neat. I mean, so people use collarings for different reasons, right? Um, some people use the, the collaring as the wedding ring. You only get one collar, mm-hmm. right? There are some that use the um, consideration collar, training collar, then the permanent collar. Mm-hmm. There's um, all different kinds of ways of doing this. So probably the only collar that I don't particularly like is the Velcro collar. 
right? So we make jokes about that, how someone's collared by this person, and then a couple of weeks later, they're collared by that person. And then, you know, for me, taking someone's collar, accepting someone's collar uh-huh. is, is actually a very big deal. It doesn't always have to be wedding ring big deal, but it's still a yeah. big deal. And I, I say to recall, you, know, you talk about the Velcro collar. The, the best one I can think of it for that is I remember talking to somebody and then suddenly finding out that they're collared to somebody and then finding out that they've, um, they're no longer collared to this person. Mm-hmm. And all that happened in a three-day span. Yeah. Right? It was kind of a crazy whirlwind, what-the-fuck sort of thing. Right, right. And that, that concerns me when that happens. You know, how important is that collar to you? Are you just wanting to be owned so you accept anybody? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it, it flabbergasts people when they're like, so how long did you and Dan, you know, how long before you guys were did the collaring? And I'm like, well, we lived together and knew that's what we were working for for a, almost a year and a yeah. half. And the one that we just saw was seven five, years. Seven. Five, seven? That was seven. Okay. Yeah, Maybe seven. Not. So tell us about uh, that one. We oh, just, my God. Just here at the space yesterday. <gasps> yes, And one yesterday. of the reasons we're doing this topic is so that we can process this wonderful yes. event that we attended. So, so it was kind of neat because, uh, for one, it was a leather collaring, right? So, I mean, collarings can happen in whatever environment. I don't know that I would consider mine and yours. A leather collaring, except we did try to do some tradition. Maybe it was because all the people that were there were leather. Mm-hmm. If you think of who the priestess was and and things like that, they were like chairs of NLA and you know things like that. Right. When we didn't even know we were in the leather environment when we were in the leather environment, yeah. and um, so so it was a leather collaring. So sixty people show up all decked out in leather, and I'm mm-hmm. talking boots, chaps, pants, shirts, ties, bow ties, just corsets it's just it was mostly a um a gay male leather group mm-hmm. i think out of the 60 some people there was i counted earlier there was six of us that were not male and um and it was just amazing and it was kind of cool because we didn't know a lot of the people coming in because uh the, the guest list was from different states but we did know a few yeah so that was neat to run into them again. But uh, just to see everybody so happy and happy to be there and happy for the boy and happy for the sir. And, you know, that was just, it was pretty amazing. And it was ritualistic. Mm-hmm. The way they set everything up and just like the altar that they had up front with all the, the family history pictures of the family history. Yeah. And, and it was yeah. neat to see that their leather, their leather house included people... That they were not the beginning. They didn't just make it up, right? They joined right. this house and were continuing a tradition of people that had already passed. Right. Which is kind of a pretty neat sort of thing to see, actually. You know, to see someone's cover up there and other people's um, collars up there. You know, people that had passed. Pictures of people that had passed. Um, just all kinds of stuff. and I mean, just so ritualistic. I so loved it. Was, it. They smudged beforehand, mm-hmm. which I loved. <laughs> It was very much a, it um, had kind of a wedding vibe to it in that there was um, the sir and boy that were being collared were up front. Um, there was guest about 60 people. Guest of honor were yeah, up front. Guest of honor, were, and you and I are very fortunate to be part of that guest of honors that were up front as well as a few other people uh, that we totally failed to ask permission to be on the podcast, so we won't name them. Um and uh, the 
Did we decide we're going to use Master Tony's name and we'll figure it out later? I think so. we're allowed... yes, okay, sir. good. Hopefully we, uh, he'll respond by saying yes, otherwise I'll be doing some heavy editing. Master Tony and his two slaves, or his two boys, mm-hmm. and, and there's a little dynamic here. This is the sir-boy dynamic versus the master-slave dynamic. Right. We can have another podcast I talking about I wanted to ask him different. about that, but uh, yeah, he was, yeah, he was busy. And, and recognizing the difference there, and that... So he had his other boys up there with him. There was music. He had his, uh, his boy come up there, his new boy that he was collaring, um, and it's a lifetime collar. And that was one of the really mm-hmm. interesting things to me, that these are considered to be, this is a lifetime commitment. They talked about that. Yeah, and um, I thought I about cried because I could see um, the the boy was naked and on his knees, you know, in, in front, front, of, front of Master Tony. And um, so I could see them, because I was up front, I could see them talking to each other. And uh, Master Tony took off the boy's old collar. Uh-huh. And then put his hand on top of the boy's head and says, it's just for a moment. Uh-huh. Oh, and I, then, I but, that. yes, cool. I caught that. And then took it up to the altar because I'm already feeling it as it's coming off the boy's neck. Right. Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, if that was me. Oh, wait, that was me. <laughs> you know, I know how that felt. And to, to just watch the loving um, understanding, you know, of the master as he takes that mm-hmm. collar off and, you know, leaves the boy totally naked. And... um so that was, it was really powerful to watch that. And the other powerful thing, did you see the marks on the boy's legs as he spent so much time kneeling on the no, floor? No, Even though he had a pillow, that's a cement floor. Oh, yeah. And I watched the marks on his legs, which means his legs were going numb. Oh, yeah. yeah. And how long he had to kneel there. And um, so I felt for him, but I was like, you know what, from what I'm seeing... That's nothing to him. Yep. So. So they exchanged some vows, um, some recognitions of the importance of service, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And. Even, even the other boys that were part of the house had things to say. Yeah. So, and it was neat because one of them, one of them stood up and um, explained his history with the new boy. And that was emotional, you know. So you're watching people in the audience, you know, mopping up the tears a little Uh bit as they're watching this. And, you know, it was just really amazing how not only was it a collaring of the boy and the, and the, the sir, but also of everybody involved in the house. So I, I liked that they had their parts and they mm. walked the boy in and yeah. And the music that was played. I love the music. Right. So, but that was, that was pretty special. Yep. And then, uh, once he received his collar, they ended it with the candles. Yeah. So, uh, Master Tony spoke about how he's added to the traditions of the house and that now he seals a collaring with a waxing. So, um, the boy was put on a massage table and everybody that was there at the event had colored candles. So some people had black, some people had blue, some people had white. And um, everybody with blue candles was called up first. Mm-hmm. And those candles were lit by the house candle. And then everybody dripped wax on his back. And um, Sir Tony had given direction of not to burn his boy that we had to do it from high up. <laughs> it was just about marking him, not about burning him. And then they called it black, and then they called it white, or vice versa. And then when everybody was done dripping wax on him, then um, 
the sir and the two, the two other boys got red candles. And did they actually call them death candles? No. At first, but that's what it looked like. And they, they dripped... Um, they in dripped proxy in for, proxy for people that couldn't be there, people that had passed, you know, things like that. And then the three of them kind of like put their candles together mm-hmm. and then dripped on his back right. for the house. Right. So, and that was just amazing. And, and I mean, it's a very powerful ceremony, very powerful. And the reason for the, oh, they did the blood thing too, where they pricked their fingers. So they had like a contract mm-hmm. and they pricked their fingers and did the, the whole blood thumbprint yeah. thing on the contract. And then what they did was they had a glass jar and they put those um, lancets. They dropped the lancets into the jar mm-hmm. that were used for that, that part of the ceremony. And then when they scraped all the wax off of the boy, they put the wax in the jar. Okay. And that was to remind him because it's still a long distance relationship right now. Right. So that was to remind the boy that he was never alone, you know, and... So he got to keep those pieces. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, very much so. That was cool. So amazing stuff, amazing stuff. And everybody clapped for him and congratulated him. And there was tons of food at the end. And Mm -hmm. so just good, good stuff. I mean, you and I had a very ritualistic collaring. And when we redid it, it was still ritualistic. And it was public. The first one, smaller. But mm-hmm. the second one, even more public, and the third one, even more public, right. um, you know, as we, as we redid our collarings. But, uh, you know, I, I like that idea. It, it was, I like the ritual part mm-hmm. of it. Part of it for me is the, <clears throat> we've done, I've done both the smaller ones uh, and bigger ones. Um, Sometimes it's, it really depends on what you want to accomplish, whether, but sometimes it's important to do them big. Yeah. So that people can see the significance of the ritual and what you're trying to do, especially when you see these weekend collars or what we call Velcro, Velcro collars, collars to say, you know, you could make this could be a bigger deal. This could be more important. It's um, and it's really interesting. And you know, now that I'm, I have um, uh, this new person in my life that I'm, you know, I'm head thinking this is somebody who may end up wearing a collar. Um, and coming up with, the, you know, you, you have this general idea. For me, I want it to be ritualistic. I want it to be formal. I want it to be a, uh, what do you call it? Like just when he was had to kneel all that time. And it, it's not a test of endurance, but a, oh. I don't know, because endurance is the word I was thinking of. I'm thinking a of test, a. But a test of some sort. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking about when uh, the movie, um. A man called the horse where they hung him with the flesh hooks for the yeah. sun ritual. Yeah. You know, this test of fortitude. Okay. Yes. That's what I do is the, the test of fortitude, right? To say, is that yeah. what mine was when you threw me down on the floor? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or handed you off to the rest of the place and said, yeah, use To use me? Yeah. Um, that happened twice. And that it's also a test of trust as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also a set of significance because, you know, you were... Telling me I can, you know, that you trusted me. Well, now I'm making you show me that you can trust me. Right. Because I'm putting you in the situation where you have to. Right. Um, I was used really well, those I remember back when we were younglings, uh, and this was still a big deal, one of the first collarings you and I 
participated in that I I had somebody that you barely know. I told I had them, and I told them beforehand to do this. To, I ordered them, or I asked them to order you to strip mm-hmm. in You're, front of everybody. Yeah, yeah, and that was a big deal for you back then. That was a huge deal. That was a huge deal mortified me mortified me terrified me i don't know which fied me it did but um yeah i'm standing in front of you know in the middle of a room of people some i know some i don't know very well and yeah you've taken off my collar and given me to the room right and the first person to speak up surprised me who it was because i didn't know him and uh yeah ordered me to strip because i now belong to the room yeah so and i looked at you and you turned away yep because you had given me away so, I was a youngling too, and I actually had somebody, you know, I, I dumbly turned away, but I, I had somebody come over. You okay? You yeah. Okay? Carrie okay. told me about that, how yeah. she sat with you for a while after that because it was hard. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, those, those tests of fortitude, I like that. Mm-hmm. So, but you know what? Even uh, I don't know, that one was really, really hard. Okay, that one was really, really hard. That happened at La Femme Cravache, if I remember right. Yep, absolutely. Um, that was the the year that we renewed it. So that was a year after our original collaring. Right. But still, when you threw me down on the floor because um, I had not served correctly. In the first the guests year. that were there in the first year. Yeah. Oh, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. That was even harder because you took my collar off, threw it across the room, put me face down on the floor. And, you know, told me that I disappointed you. And that was just really what I wanted. And then, I mean, threw my collar across the room and had me on the floor, your foot on my back. And then said, we're going down into the basement. You lay here and decide if this is what you really want. And if you can really do this. And if so, you can, you know, put on your dress and join us. Mm -hmm. So that was hard. Yeah. Yeah, I laid there because my self-esteem, you know, my self-esteem wasn't that great. So I laid there wondering if I could really do it. Did you really want me in that basement? Could I really do it? I was, I was a thinker for a second. Yeah. So, because I knew I wanted it. Could I do it? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I had to decide. And then I had to get up off the floor and have the confidence to go down there yep. and say that's what I wanted. And you do it. Yeah? Yep. I had a moment there for a second when I was face down on that floor because I knew I'd disappointed you. I and didn't had confidence wanna, Didn't want to disappoint you again, which I have done a couple of times over but, 16 years. But, you know, that's an important That's an important part about the collaring. Mm-hmm. It is a commitment. Yeah, you're going to fuck up, but we have a commitment. Right. So we'll continue moving forward. Now, unlike Master Tony's collaring, I don't do lifetime collarings. I do a uh, year, year and a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe, or matter of fact, the times have been different. Yeah, We've times six months, year and a day. Person. Yeah, and also a uh, towards the end, bat's collar was open ended. Mm-hmm. Wear it until it no longer serves you. You know, and she got to the point where she recognized it and no longer served her. You know, and that's really my preference. Um, so, do you cannot consider mine a lifetime one? I think that ours. I think I consider, I can't say what I thought then, mm-hmm. right? Um, I perceive 
the marriage to be lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine the collar not... I can't imagine us not being in a power exchange relationship. But I also think it's important to me that it is open-ended, that it's not lifetime. The difference being is then your level of consent has to continue. You have to continue to consent to be my slave versus I've made a lifetime commitment, so I don't have a choice. Right. You know, I'm sitting here thinking that. I was wondering if you're going to go in that direction because I consider it lifetime, but... um... I know if it ended up to where it wasn't working for me anymore, that you would want me to speak up. Yeah. So that and it, and it doesn't so. say that we don't have a, the that the commitment's still valid, but right. there is a way to get out of it. Right. You know? so that and is it's true. not just take it off and say sorry, I'm done. But right. Hopefully, but if it no longer serves you, then you have a rejoiner to say this no longer serves me. Well, we actually have it in our contract, the steps that we should follow yeah. besides just taking it off. Yep. So so one of us, you know, we're warned that something's coming up or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So good so stuff. Go. Good stuff. 16 years for us next week. Well, that is just, wow. Are we doing anything special? Happy anniversary. We have a play party the following night. Well, there you go. So that's, that's just going to be cool. And I'll probably do a writing Again, so you know, I do one every year. Try to reflect on okay. on what we've been through and things like that. So, well, very cool. Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Our in music is provided by Pocket Universe. You are currently listening to a song called "Whim." Our official E H water is the Cage and Der Dom Dom. Oh, I can't say it. Der Domcher and TJ in Austin. The person we've seen most recently is Amber Hawk and Sig. The current sender of tentacles is Ohio Hedgehog. The provider of graphic novels is Johnny Jackhammer. Who we'll be seeing soon, actually. And the official food that goes on booths is provided by Satine. Bye, Dom. Bye, Dan. <laughs>